0: Inside Access with Jason LaConfora, Ken Wyman, and Tim Barbalace. Sponsored by Stevenson University Online. 1057
1: The Fan.
0: His 0-2 pitch, swinging a fly ball into right should be playable. Moving back when it is low, struggling with the sun, and, and dropped the baseball. I think it hit him in the face. And caroms to the right field corner. Here is Hayes ready to score. Mancini to third is heading for home. The throw to the plate. Here's the tag. Safe at home. Mancini has rounded the bases, and it's three
2: nothing Baltimore. My goodness. Oh. That was Andy Freed, Rays Radio on the call, and that was one of the cooler moments in Baltimore sports last year, Jason. And we were doing the show live it. when it was going on. Trey Mancini hits it off uh, uh, the outfielder's face, ends up being an inside the park home run, his final hit at Camden Yards as an Oriole. We're broadcasting live from the B.C. Brewery. Come on out. It's an awesome spot. People are playing cornhole. You can self-serve. There's also cocktails, new cocktails available on tap in six-packs and cases, Blue Hawaiian, Orange Crush, and Margaritas, all available in the tap room and to-go, and I'm sure we will sample them. There's nothing better than being a B.C. Brewery
0: out of town on big screens we got more beers than we could think about drinking it's father's day oh, weekend. don't limit yourself the bone is here
2: chuck's who, who here. Wouldn't want
0: to be? chuck bucks is here dante's here dante's
2: here why would you not want to join us And it'll be a cool day coming on out here with the Orioles' first pitch, 220 Wrigley Field. And they are facing a familiar guy in Trey Mancini. He hit 117 home runs here. You can still remember his debut 2016. His mom just crying when he hits the homer. But last year... When he got traded to the Astros and he played against the O's, it did not go well, Jason. I, no. I felt like he really pressed. Two for 17 in those at-bats, one extra base hit, that double, and eight strikeouts against the O's.
0: Yeah, and he, he's in the lineup today, as you'd expect. He had a uh, rough go of it with the Astros, but he got a ring, Bone. He did. Um, and now he finds himself with the Cubs, and he's certainly scuffling. Uh, 6.48 OPS Um he does have just four homers and 21 RBIs. He's been playing fairly regularly. Um, look, he will always be a beloved figure here, and he's going to resonate. And I think, like the mythology as we pass through time, he, he's going to continue to be somebody who stands out, um, despite the fact that he played his basically the entirety of his Orioles career on really really horrible baseball teams that either underachieved or were part of a full-blown rebuild. Um, but despite that, I think there'll be a romanticism there. It should be what he did as a person, what he meant to this community, what he personified, all of that will linger. Um, but his ability to impact the baseball the last couple of years hasn't been the same. And I think we'll look back on that trade, especially if Chase McDermott turns out to be the kind of intriguing arm that I think will be a back-of-the-rotation starter, maybe a mid-rotation starter, maybe a a, a high-leverage relief arm. I think Chase McDermott's going to impact this baseball club, maybe even by the end of this season, Bone, and certainly next year. Um, I think that trade will go down as, as one where Mike Elias yet again prospered. Um, they also got Seth Johnson from the Rays in that trade, who's still coming off Tommy John. But he could be a potential two or three if he picks up where he left off um, in the Tampa Bay system. So, yeah, we'll see what, what this weekend's like for Trey. I know that the, the media, the guys on the beat and the gals on the beat out there at Wrigley spoke to him before the game. Um, he's speaking glowingly of the Orioles, says he knew that they would turn it around. He knew Brandon Hyde was the guy for the job the moment he met him. Um And who knows? Maybe at some point in his career, Trey Mancini ends up back here. Although, Bone, he said he kind of knew it wasn't going to be in the cards with the direction that this team was taking and how many different bats they had that they wanted to simulate into the right field DH first base spot.
2: And remember, Jason, he said that in real time during the Orioles club, saying this is going to be more than likely my last series as an Oriole at camden yards and it was a move that's tough because like you said a beloved figure and a guy that couldn't have been more perfect for that tough stretch in this organization just great guy in the clubhouse and a very good player as well but it was time to make that move O's cubs First pitch in about 13 minutes. Orioles lineup is as follows. Gunnar Henderson back in the field today at third base leading off. Adley Rutschman behind the dish. Anthony Santander in right. Ryan O'Hearn at first. Austin Hayes in left field. Aaron Hicks in center. Adam Frazier at second base. Ramon Orias is your DH. Jorge Mateo at shortstop. And Cole Irvin, as you said, gets the start.
0: Yeah, look, if you have been paying a lot of attention to the Cubs, uh, the first Three, four weeks of the season, they were one of the feel good stories in Major League Baseball. The bottom has kind of fallen out since then, Bone. They have won just 12 of their last 30 games. They are just 16 and 23 against teams with winning records, 17 and 16 at home. Um, the last 30 days, Bone, the Chicago Cubs are 28th of 30 Major League teams in OPS. They are 29th in slugging. They are 26th in. And runs scored. The pitching has been more good than bad, although one of their best starters, Justin Steele, is on the IL. Uh, Their second-best starter, Marcus Stroman, went last night, so we won't be seeing him in this series. Uh, And the bullpen has been a real problem for them, Bone. 4.6 bullpen ERA, 25th in baseball. Um, They also walk a lot of guys. 4.22 walks per nine. As a team, that's their team pitching staff. So hopefully, the Orioles will uh, adopt the, the approach that they have most of the time, which is to work counts, get the starter out of there early, take pitches, um, wait for your pitch, and be willing to take a walk when it's there. Um, we're going to be talking a lot, though, today, Bone, about a couple of guys who are in this Orioles lineup, I think, um, throughout the show. Adley Rutschman yet again in the two-hole where he seems to be forevermore. I don't know if Brandon Hyde thinks about moving him or not. He certainly doesn't move him. Only five career plate appearances that aren't in the two-hole. And I would just point out he only has one RBI this month. That came on the solo home run yesterday. Nine of his last 11 home runs dating back to last year are solo. 22 career home runs that have generated just 28 RBI. I wonder... If dropping him down wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. And I also wonder, Bone, about Adam Frazier and being cemented at second base. And he should be there today because he owns Kyle Hendricks. And he's 14 for 29 with two homers and three RBIs against him. So that's fine. But Bony is a 7.01 OPS on the season now. He's fifth on the team in at-bats, which means pretty big sample size. And while he has some pop and he's a solid second baseman, The league average OPS is around 7.30. He's at 7.01, and it's go time for this organization. And, again, I can't help but wonder, Westberg, Ortiz, that mix, they can't give you a combined 7.01 OPS. They wouldn't have combined for eight home runs, and that's a lot for Frazier. And we'll see if he keeps it up. They couldn't give you similar defense With maybe um, those same professional at-bats, but more overall productivity, I think that's a question we're going to have to keep asking because I love, obviously, the fact that this team is on a 100-win pace. We all do, but this congestion in this organization and these kids who are worthy of a major league opportunity,
2: even on a really good team like this. I feel like it's coming to a head. It's it's about never being satisfied, and we're gonna address both of those questions in a matter of minutes. And we got a jam-packed show between now and six o'clock. Again, we're broadcasting live from BC Brewery in Hunt Valley. Come on out, say hi, get your weekend started right. They got great beer, they got food margaritas cocktails they have it all bc brewery in hunt valley come on out and say hi our guest list starts at 230 judd fabian who you've been singing his praises for a couple of weeks now jason with the Ironbirds. he's going to join us at 230 jeff's rebeck who covers the ravens for the athletic uh mark viviano He broke the news on our show yesterday. He had had a one-on-one interview with J.K. Dobbins. Sounds like a hold-in. Dobbins didn't say that, but he also said he wasn't hurt. He didn't confirm or deny that. Ariel Epstein will get our best bets with her at three. Yeah, I mean, we'll put a bow on fake
0: football season, which has finally wrapped up. Um, we'll look at the offensive line. We'll look at the corner situation. We'll hear from some of those particulars as well. Um, yes, J.K. Dobbins is holding in. We'll see what Judge Reback says about it. And Judd Fabian, if you haven't been paying attention, the third selection of the Orioles in the previous draft, not third round, but the third kid they took, 67th overall in his last 21 games, Bone, 14 extra base hits, 22 RBIs, 357, 472, 671 slash line. That's levitation, Holmes. That's a 1.143 OPS. He's destroying the ball in Aberdeen where people don't usually hit it out of the park. I think he'll be at
2: Bowie soon. You forgot to mention your buddy Greg Berhalter. Got to get into that, right? I'm I'm looking forward to it. That's at 3.30. Only
0: U.S. soccer could find a way.
2: to destroy their rival, to beat the pulp
0: out of them, to have a 3 new 3-0 vic- victory against Mexico and overshadow it by their own incompetence, their own uh feckless lack of feckless. leadership, their own despicable uh Bureaucracy, once again, tearing at the fabric of the game in this country.
2: Breakout your thesaurus at 3.30. Jason Lock and Four is going to go in on Craig Berhalter. I might need a beer for that USA <laughs> soccer. But coming up next, Jason mentioned it. Adley Rutschman, the Orioles seem very married to him in the two spot of the lineup. Does that make sense to continue that? And also, Adam Frazier, he's been a very nice veteran piece for them at second base, but can they do better internally? We're going to get into it next. It's Inside Access, and we're broadcasting live from the B.C. Brewery in Hunt Valley on 1057 The Fan. Inside Access. Your front row seat to all Baltimore sports.
0: Inside Access with Jason LaConfora and Ken Wyman. 1057 The Fan.
2: Well, mama that's all right for you that's all right inside mama, access on the road third day out of five right. but we're a bc brewery right. in hunt valley today we
0: get around when Gigi doesn't drag us we're down too.
2: kenny can stay in disney world we're
0: much faster on our feet yes. without
2: Gigi, yes we would much rather be here bc brewery hunt valley come on out there's corn all there's gosh four games going at once right now you can join a tour- tournament it seems like and there's self-taps here. There's cocktails, margaritas. they got events that we'll be telling you about. Chuck
0: Bucks on site. Chuck
2: Bucks is here. But Orioles baseball about to get underway on the TVs that they have at the bar in B.C. Brewery. O's, Cubs, first pitch in a matter of minutes. Adam Frazier is in the starting lineup at second base. And we asked this question, ia 1057 the fan is how you find us on Twitter. And all of our polls are brought to you by QC Kinetics. Frazier back at second base today. He's done some nice things with more pop than expected, but has just a 7.01 OPS, well below the major league average. Yet is fifth on the Orioles in at bat. Should he be on the bench more? Could Westberg or Ortiz provide more production and hold it down at second? About 200 votes in, pretty split. 52.4% play the kids, 47.6% stick. With Frazier.
0: Yeah. I'm ready to see more bone. Um, I'm I'm not saying that, you know, we're going to trade Adam Frazier for cash considerations. I'm not saying DFA Adam Frazier. I'm saying, why can't Adam Frazier be in the role that Taryn Vavra and Joey Ortiz and these youngsters have been in when they're up here? And let's let those guys get a couple of week run. To see what they can do. To see if, if all this... You look at Joey Ortiz's stat cast numbers, his hard-hit numbers, his barrel percentage. Um, it, it portends more than a 7.01 OPS through, you know, a third of the season. Now, we don't know, because he hasn't been given a chance to do it up here. But by and large, when he has, he's had professional at-bats. Now, they might counter and say, well, he's a right-handed bat, and Fraser's a left-handed bat. I, uh, Okay, but I mean, I just I I don't know. I feel like they gave the guy eight million dollars and like he he hasn't completely tanked. So
2: he's done good. There's a
0: bit of like complacency in there or they always seem to have this reticence or not always, but most of the time to go to these kids, even though they're loaded with these kids and they've made the whole brand of the franchise about these kids. And the future, there seems to be a hesitance to really give them an opportunity. And even last year, when the team wasn't as good, and, and Kyle Stowers is a similar-ish prospect to an Ortiz or a Westberg, at least at the time before Westberg sailed up the charts, I, I don't know, Bone. I, 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 you'd still have Adam Frazier there. You know, last year they said Vavra couldn't play second base. No one's going to tell me that Joey Ortiz can't play second base better, frankly, than Adam Frazier. He's more athletic. He has a stronger arm. You could say he hasn't done it as much at the major league level, but he could do it. Like I, I, He's definitely, to me, a defensive upgrade at second base, and that's not saying that Frazier's bad. If Frazier steals a couple bases. Joey Ortiz could do that too. Um, and frankly, I think Joey Ortiz or Westberg, whether combined or apart, can put up more than a 7.01 OPS in a, what are we up to now, 70-game sample size. And again, Frazier's fifth on the team in at bats. Like, he's got more of a run than Gunnar Henderson. Now I know Gunnar missed a few games, yeah. but like, I didn't f- like I didn't necessarily think that was the idea when they did this. I thought it'd be a little bit more like O'Dor, and there would be times where mm. Frazier's scuffling, and they would let somebody else see what they could do. Ah.
2: I don't know if I would go that far. I mean, he is bringing home the second biggest paycheck of the year uh, behind Kyle Gibson, $8 million. And yes, in the world of baseball, not the biggest thing, but when this is a 60 plus million dollar payroll, it is. And I think he has been a, a heck of a lot better than he's been in Seattle. And, The power numbers, he's got eight home runs. He had eight home runs his past two years. And the RBIs, he's only 11 away from tying all of last year. But you dive deeper into the metrics, and you love baseball, Savant, they're pretty much abysmal outside of the whiff percentage and the strikeout percentage, which are absolutely elite, both of them in the top six percentile. Average exit velocity, fifth. Barrel percentage, tenth. Outs above average, second. Hard hit percentage, fourth, arm strength, is, six. is that
0: enough to keep a consensus top 30 prospect no. in baseball in no. Jordan Westburg and, and maybe the best defensive player in this entire organization who's not currently on the major league roster, Joey Ortiz. Is that enough to, to block them to this
2: extent? No. I don't think it should be. But But it, it goes back to what we've been saying going back to spring training something needs to give in terms of the middle infield. And when we did this exercise for the six-pack of six guys, I had Ramon, and, and I, Ramon obviously is a lot more versatile than an Adam Frazier, and that could work both ways because maybe you could get some more value there. He's not making nearly as much money. I still see Ramon as that. It's clear from the broadcast a couple days ago where Frazier homered when Hyde was being interviewed. Hyde was gushing about him and his presence in the clubhouse and and how he wants to be out there every single day. And you mention Odor. Nowhere near as fiery, of course, but... He almost has that odor effect. It seems, at least on this clubhouse. Now I'm with you. Is that enough? Where okay? Let's sharpie so him every day. 130 sh- RBIs and 150 I, AAA a games. It. Something needs to happen between him or Arias. That's where I'm at.
0: Yeah. Well, again, the 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 position inflexibility for Frazier on a franchise that so prizes flexibility. I don't know. It 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 has me. If that OPS. Keep slipping if that thing gets down to 685 or something like that then I'm sorry I, I think you run the risk of alienating
2: some of these kids and real quickly second poll Adley back batting second for the Orioles today only five career plate appearances anywhere else in the lineup however his run production is down just one RBI this month 12 in 38 games since May 1st has 22 career home runs which produced 28 RBIs, nine of the last 11 home runs solo. Should they drop him down some, Birdland? 202 votes in already. Leave it alone, 64.9%, drop him down, 35.1.
0: Bone, since his last two-RBI game, which was May 19th, Adley's played in 22 games. He's got two home runs and five RBIs in that span and an OPS of just 680. Now, his numbers with runners on base aren't great, but I'd like to see him get more opportunities to do that, and that's difficult with the two-hole. We talked with Billy Ripken about this. We've talked with Jim Duquette about this, a bunch of different people, and I get it. Mike Trout started batting second, and it just became this thing that your best hitter automatically hits there. I, I, I guess I don't quite grasp that, especially when we think there should be more RBIs in Adley's bat than we're getting. Baseball reference would say the average player with his plate appearances would have five more RBIs than Adley has. I'd like to see him in more of those situations.
2: We're going to get into the Ravens at 245. Jeff Zerebeck, who covers the team for the Athletic. Jeff was the first to report it sounded like a soft tissue injury from people inside of the castle J.K. Dobbins didn't confirm or deny that with Mark Viviano. What does Jeff think is going to happen? Is it a big deal at all? What's going on with J.K. Dobbins? Jeff joins us at 245. But coming up next, we're going to go down on the farm to the Ironbirds. Judd Fabian is swinging a scorching hot bat in the month of June, batting over 400. What's working for him? We're going to talk to Judd Fabian. On the other side, it's Inside Access, and we're broadcasting live from the B.C. Brewery in Hunt Valley. Come on out. We're here till 6 on The Fan. Inside Access. Jason, Ken, and the third member. I'm Tim Barble It's Inside Access. Oh, he's terrible. He's a hack. 105.7 The Fan. Now that your pictures in the paper
0: Are
2: orioles chum, cubs they wild. are scoreless at wrigley field in the second inning but we're gonna go down on the farm right now jason stand out for the iron birds in their outfield and that is judd fabian and judd your april was solid your may was really good your june has been scorching scorching hot you're batting over 400 halfway through this month just talk about the progression to get you to this point
1: yeah well first thank you guys for having me on um uh, this year has basically been about um working on being consistent um it's a long season so um you have to stay consistent and uh your work, your routine every day, um, playing six games a week. It's good to have a routine and, and to be able to be consistent. And I think um, why I've been kind of heating up um, is just because I've been having the same routine since the start of the season and, and really hammering every, everything I do and the work before the games.
0: Judd, I was out there with my kids last Saturday night, and you had another monster game um, at the plate and and, and, uh, in the field. But i got to ask you about that home run down the left field line because we're sitting behind your guys' dugout, and I swear to me it looked like a check swing or not a full swing, and that thing still got out down the line. Um, Am I right? Because it looked like you didn't get all of that thing, and it still carried.
1: Uh, Yeah, it was a a slider. I was a little out in front on. and I just try to get the barrel on it. And um, I got the barrel on it. And I hit it to a good part of the field um, that it ended up getting out. So <laughs> just using, using the field to my advantage.
0: Well, that's a place where fly balls go to die. You know, you, you can ask uh, Ryan Mountcastle. You can ask, you know, uh, Colton Kowser. You can ask uh, Heston. Judd, you're batting 344 at home with a 448 on base percentage. And you're slugging. 667 that's an eleven fifteen 15 OPS in that ballpark how, how do you explain that
1: um just being able to play every day um you know obviously the field kind of um is a, a graveyard to the to the gaps um yes so basically just not really swinging for home runs um trying to stay line drive heavy and kind of take my base hits while we're at home Um, and when we're on the road, uh, more home run friendly ballparks, kind of take advantage of those. Um, So basically just kind of working on hit line drives um, while we're at home, Um, taking my base hits, um, taking my walks, um, helping the team any way I can um, while we're at home.
2: We're speaking to Judd Fabian. It's Inside Access, and we're broadcasting live from BC Brewery in Hunt Valley on 1057 The Fan. And Judd, you played all over uh, in the outfield so far this year, but the majority of your games in center and your athletic profile kind of portends to that. Is center home for you?
1: Yeah. um, Center field is home for me. Um, You know, I've been working on the corners this year, and, you know, I'm starting to feel like the corners are home too, so anywhere in the outfield is home. Um, but I grew up playing center field, um, so just the amount of reps I've got in center field have, have made it kind of easy, um, nice and, and homey in center field. Um, so just reps in center field have, have made it feel like home.
0: Well, you certainly seem very at home with your teammates and, and your draft class, but you had an interesting journey to get here. Obviously, the Red Sox took you um, a year before the O's did there were a lot of industry rumors that the Orioles were waiting to pounce on you, uh, in the second round that year, they end up taking you last year. What was that sort of journey like? And, and, um, did you get the sense that the Orioles really were on you, you know, a year even before they, they ended up getting to take you?
1: Um, yeah, you know, 2021 was, a um, it was a very stressful year, you could say, but, um, You know it helped me uh, become a better man off and on the field um i got the chance to go back to florida and uh, play a year of division one baseball with my brother um so that was kind of a thing we both dreamed of um and it was just it was very awesome um to have that opportunity and um yeah you know there's talks around the draft of you know where you know teams are thinking of you and um The Orioles, um, they were thinking of me in 21, um, but it didn't work out. Um, The Red Sox ended up just snagging me. Um, So I figured, uh, let's go back to school, have a year, play with my brother, Um, you know, just enjoy it. Um, I didn't know if I was ready to play pro ball after that year. Um, And after uh, 2022, um, I knew I was ready, and the Orioles uh, came around and drafted me. So um, uh, it's home here.
2: Red Sox losses, the Orioles' gain, Judd. But uh, this year, how much more comfortable have you been not having to go through the draft process? You got your feet wet uh, towards the end of last year in Aberdeen. You're playing with a ton of your draft class. There has to be a lot of comfortability this year, right?
1: Yeah, you know, we got a great group of guys here. Um, We've, you know, gotten to know each other very well um, throughout this year, and I think it's a very tight-knit group. Um, so we really have just, um, become one big family, honestly. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's really good to see, um, going into the clubhouse every day and, you know, you, you got good guys all around the clubhouse. Um, so, you know, having those guys from the draft class and then guys who aren't in the draft class who are just on the team, you know, we're one big family. Um, we're all best friends. So, um, that's, that's something good to have. And, uh. That's something the Orioles organization does great.
0: Before we let you go, i um, got to ask you about Jackson Holiday, who is, seems like uh, only a few weeks away from becoming the consensus number one prospect in all of baseball. I know I guess his family's been in town a little bit this week. His dad obviously had a, a hell of a major league career himself. Have you been able to talk to, to Matt Holliday at all? Has, has he been around you guys this week?
1: Um, yeah, yeah. Um, Jackson actually uh, played um high school travel ball with my brother um so i actually knew knew matt before uh this before we were both uh here so um you know it's been cool to talk to him and uh, and just ask what he's doing now um you know outside of baseball he's been playing pickleball um so um that's kind of something me and my wife did uh, in the offseason is play pickleball to kind of kind of keep our fitness up um So, um, yeah, I've just been picking his brain, not even about baseball, just about kind of what's been going on. And uh, obviously Jackson's a great baseball player, but he's an even better person. Um, You know, I can't say enough about um, him. He's just an awesome human being.
2: He's Judd Fabian, Ironbirds standout. Judd, thanks so much for taking the time. Well. uh Everyone go out to Aberdeen. Give him a watch.
0: I Hopefully go out to Bowie and see him there soon because I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that, Judd, and I'm sure you are as well.
2: <laughs> yes,
1: sir. Thank you, guys. You
2: Thanks. got it, Judd. Thanks. Orioles, Cubs, still scoreless, bottom second. At the top of the hour, our good buddy, Ariel Epstein, MLB Network, She has a very interesting trend in betting the Orioles. So you're not going to want to miss that at three. But coming up next, we're going to get into the Ravens. J.K. Dobbins, Mark Viviano, one-on-one sit-down. It was on WJZ yesterday. You can see the entire interview. Sunday morning, Purple Playbook at 1130. But J.K. Dobbins neither confirming nor denying that he had an injury, and that's why he was not out on the practice field. John Harbaugh didn't seem very pleased yesterday. Is it a big deal, or maybe everything all's well that ends well? Jeff Serebeck, who covers the Ravens for the Athletic, he's going to give us his thoughts on that on the other side. It's Inside Access. We're broadcasting live from the B.C. Brewery in Hunt Valley. Come on out. Say hi. Have a beer. 105.7 The Fan. Inside. 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 With Jason Lockenfora and Ken
0: Wyman. MLB, NFL, NCAA. Get it all right here. 105.7 The Fan.
2: Trey Mancini reached base in his first at-bat of this weekend series. Orioles, Cubs. He took a walk. Cole Irvin we are scoreless bottom of the second two outs but we're talking Ravens football with our next guest Jeff Zarebeck who covers the Ravens for the athletic and Jeff the big news coming out of minicamp yesterday with J.K. Dobbins had a one-on-one with Mark Viviano WJZ he didn't confirm or deny whether he sat out due to an injury John Harbaugh did not sound pleased during his press conference yesterday is this a big deal or just maybe something to monitor moving forward
3: yeah I I think I don't think participating in a in a June minicamp is a big deal at all in fact I don't even know how much you want to see him out there. Obviously, Harbaugh and Todd Munkett will probably disagree. But um, that he didn't participate, I I don't think, is all that significant. What is significant is if this continues to linger through the offseason and and, and through training camp. But, you know, I get it from J.K. Dobbin's perspective, uh, but I also think you have to look at the big picture a little bit, and he shouldn't have a hard time seeing it. He works out with Dalvin Cook in in the off season, and and they share the same agent. He knows how a guy that quality is suddenly available, and uh, you you know, not getting what he wants immediately from a contract. I'm sure he's crossed paths as a fellow Ohio State Buckeye with Ezekiel Elliott, and we've seen Ezekiel Mm -hmm. Elliott is not getting what he wants, and uh, we all know he's friends with Saquon Barkley. Uh, who is not getting what he wants in terms of a long-term contract extension from Giants. So uh, this is the life for a running back. It's tough, Um, but I also think you got to understand from the Ravens' perspective, I mean, Dobbins has played less than half the games in his Ravens' career. I think the Ravens would be willing to do a short-term type of deal with him, Uh, but in terms of getting... The years and the commitment and the level of contract that uh, J.K. Dobbins wants, I had highly doubted. And, and, you know, it just seems to be a situation where, you know, J.K. may have to come to the reality that Patrick Queen pretty much came to that. Look, yeah. the long term contract that I want and the money I want is not here right now. So maybe the best thing is I go out and have the best year of my career and I make a lot of money for myself and uh, I have a pretty good market next offseason.
0: Jeff, it seemed like um, there weren't a whole lot of guys out there for the uh, the, the final mandatory mini camp session. The OT the OTA session I went to, I don't even know if there was fifty five guys out there. Um, do you take anything from the like? Is there anything that you saw on the field this entire spring that you think will have any carryover, you know, into camp or dare I say the regular season?
3: Um, I, I, You know, A, I think this past week I was a little, um, you know, I, I thought the attendance actually in the mandatory camp. Now I know you have to be there, but by attendance I, I should say participation level, I thought it was pretty good, and I was a little surprised it was as good as it was. I mean, you know, they had the, most of their players on the field and participating, and, and um, for the most part their injury picture looks, you know, I know we're trained, both as reporters and fans lately, so always think the worst when it comes to Ravens injuries. But if you look yeah. at where they've been the last two years, especially last year at this time, there were seven or eight main starters that they didn't even know when they were going to be ready to play. This year, what is there, one, maybe two? I mean, obviously Ricard is not going to be ready for camp. Bateman may be a question mark. Otherwise, they're looking good. The one thing, Jason, that I do take is Todd Munkin, Todd Munkin's mm-hmm. energy, mm-hmm. what Todd Munkin's trying to create offensively, what they're trying to do. Um, you know, I think that, it, you know, that's going to be the, the, you know, the most interesting story to watch here going forward uh, through training camp. It's going to be a work in progress. I'd imagine, you know, you guys will be out there, I'll be out there, and I'd imagine yeah. there'll be some practices where we walk away and say, man, that was ugly. Uh, yeah. offensively uh, this is a work in progress very much but I think kind of what you've seen from Munkin his energy uh-huh. uh, some of the things they've featured getting the backs involved getting yeah. the ball out quick being a little more decisive I think that's the stuff you kind of look for to carry over and to see how you know that evolves throughout the summer.
2: We're speaking to Jeff Rebecca who covers the Ravens for the Athletic. It's inside access on the fan. Uh, Jeff, want to get to the defensive side of the football and specifically the cornerback position. It, it just seems like over the past handful of years, that's been the Ravens' deepest position group, and now it's one of the thinnest uh, outside of Marlon Humphrey. It, it seems like Eric DaCosta wants to see this play out with some of the young guys, a Pepe Williams, a Jalen Armour Davis, give them a chance. But... Do you ultimately see them bringing in a vet at some point?
3: Yeah, I, I do, and I, I think you know I thought that before the mini camp. But coming away from it, I think that even you know I think I have an even stronger belief that they will get a guy, if not two. You know, could but it may not. I mean, I think when when we say that, everyone assumes that's Marcus Peters. I know there's been stories that you know Peters will likely sign with the Raiders before training camp. We'll see about that. I don't know. I've sort of gotten the impression that, you know, the ship maybe have sailed with Peters for a while now. I just think it, it was not a good situation last year with him, and and, and they love him, but you know it, that can be not be easy. And I don't necessarily think they're looking for an every down starter there. They feel okay with Humphrey, Yachty, some of the other options they have. Uh, but I do expect them to you know, add a veteran. I mean, it could be – it may not be a deal, like, you know, that anyone gets excited about. You know, maybe right. a, a veteran would be a number four type corner or maybe a guy that could be a de facto three if they needed it. You know, Kyle Fuller, when he's fully healthy. Anthony Averett's still out there as a guy they know. Callahan had a decent year last year. There's some guys. There's some guys out there, and I think, yeah, at some point, it feels like a necessity that they add to that group because you're looking at the mandatory minicamp – uh, last This week, excuse me, and, you know, you don't see Pepe Williams out there. You see Armour Davis only doing individual stuff. Um, so, you know, you, you don't know about those guys. I mean, you don't know what you're going to get even when injuries aren't in the equation. But right now, injuries are an in equation with those two.
2: He's Jeff Sreback, covers the Ravens for the Athletic. Jeff, thanks so much for taking the time. Enjoy the next month and a half before everything gets real. Hey, Happy Father's Day too, brother. Yes, thanks,
3: guys. And I, and Weinman gave me a lot of uh, grief about coming on when he's not there. So uh, did he?
2: Well, he, he's yeah, never yeah, here, just, come Jeff. On, like man. Know, he barely works he's,
3: anymore. So what are you going to do? On the Ronnie Stanley plan, isn't he? Yes,
2: <laughs> yes he is. Yes, he is. Uh,
3: With yeah, Mickey so, Mouse at Disney yeah. World.
2: Thanks, buddy. Take care, guys. Have fun. (laughs) We'll see you. We're broadcasting live from the BC Brewery in Hunt Valley. Got a ton of beers on tap. They have some self-taps. They got some cornhole if you want to play some games. There's also new cocktails on tap. Jason, six-packs and cases, Blue Hawaiian, Orange Crush, and margaritas, all available in the tap room and to go. And if you're looking for some events, some things to do, Throughout the summer, July 7th, Hunter Girl from American Idol. She uh, she's going to have a concert here. Tickets are available at bcbrewerymaryland.com. And August 11th. Remember I told you a couple weeks ago I'm a big dueling piano guy? Yes. There I'm a dueling pianos here. But August 11th. You're the target demo. Tickets available at bcbrewerymd.com. We're going to be here till 6 so stop by say hi at 315 we're going to hear from Ronnie Stanley first offseason in multiple years in which he does not have to rehab can he get back to that 2019 form and also John Harbaugh sounds like the left guard competition is completely wide open that's at 315 but coming up next Ariel Epstein Uh, MLB Network, a million outlets she works for. She's the prop queen, and she has a very interesting trend when it comes to betting the Orioles. You're going to want to hear what it is next. It's Inside Access on The Fan. Jason Lockenfora and Ken Wyman on The Fan.